Hello and welcome to another episode of Never Go Full Nelson. Uh, I'm Nick Nelson, one of the co-hosts, joined as usual by the other co-host, my father, Ben Nelson. Hey, hey, hey. Season 2, episode 6? Six. Oh. Punching through, man. Punching Making me feel through. so old, dude. Oh, wait, that's <laughs> the gray hair and wrinkles. That's what makes me so old. No, no, my <laughs> body not wanting to move and everything hurting is what makes me feel so old. <laughs> the pain! The pain! <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, oh, I don't know why me. that reminded me of Dune all of a sudden. When is the new Dune coming out? The new uh, Dune. They pushed it back, dude. Ah! They pushed it back for like fucking two years or some oh, ridiculous yeah. shit like that because of COVID and they wanted to make their money. They said, this movie was meant to see in a the movie theater, so we're going to withhold the release of it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Whatever. yeah what are you going to do? Whatever. Well, it better be good. That's all I got to say. Holy moly. But I don't know. I don't know. It looks it, like it's fantastic. I mean, I don't know. Really? I, can't, I think it looks awesome. I, I like that director's stuff. He did uh, the, the Blade Runner 2044. Whoa, I love that movie. I gotta tell you, I love that movie. You know, I think it holds up just as good as the original Blade Runner. I, I, uh, not even that big a fan of, I guess I am a fan of Ryan Gosling. I have to tell you, I've seen him in a couple of things where, yeah, uh, what was that? There was some detective movie he was in there with, uh, oh, with Russell Crowe. Yeah, he was actually (laughs) pretty funny in that one. Yeah, no, he, he does that really good, uh, I don't know. He always just reminds me of that meme, you know. What is it the, like the stealing your girlfriend meme or something or? Oh, the word turn turn around. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, know, but but to, to me, it's like it's like these some of these movies. He spends the whole time not saying anything, just kind of looking different. Like <laughs> the director's like, mm-hmm. hey, can you can you look just, confused? Can you just kind of like same face? Yeah. Hey, can, can you, you look look angry? Give me same. give me dramatic. Give me dramatic. Okay. Same okay. face. Same face. The same thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, but he's just. But that's he did a lot of that in Blade Runner. <laughs> he did a lot <laughs> of that. But hey, I got to you... tell you, if you haven't done it before, I know you're not old, so you probably don't put on the closed captions. I no, I haven't. I've been listening to closed captions since I don't know, since I was like 25. Well, yeah, because it's like, what the fuck did he say? I can't. No, understand. I, well, I got to hear it, ever... but I don't know what the hell they're yeah, saying. Yeah, it just sounds like somebody's got like mush mouth. I can't understand what anybody's fucking. Well, saying. Well, plus, I mean, do do you think as is I do that you know they they monkey they kind of jigger around with the sounds so. It goes from blasting and things blowing up. It's like blowing your eardrums out. And then all of a sudden, they got to go. like, Yeah. No, I just think I'm like, fucking deaf from playing rock and roll. I don't know. I don't know. People are, mum- <laughs> People are fucking mumbling. Stop mumbling. <laughs> speak fucking up. Speak up. Open your mouth a little wider when you speak. Oh, my, my other one is like the, in the movie, some guy will text something. Well, not everybody's screen is as big as a movie theater screen, okay? <laughs> Most people are watching on TV sets that are like less than eight feet across. So how, how am I supposed to read that text? You know, like, like, can you read that? No. No, you can't. And then all of a sudden, it was important to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was on there? And the same thing in Blade Runner. I, I listened. I watched it the first time. And I said, yeah, that was great. And then I watched it the second time with closed caption. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Yeah, wait. I was experience. stunned what I missed. <laughs> that yeah, that no, whole I, scene with Ryan Gosling in there with what? Oh, spoiler alert! Have you ah, seen? Who it cares? And shut up. Yeah. Too old. Yeah, it was in the in inside that thing where the girl who ended up being, you know, the Blade Runner's daughter, mm-hmm. and she, she, oh, that whole conversation was just a whole movie. 
Yeah, no, that that made the movie. It stunned no, me. I I thought it was great. I thought he was good. I good. I thought Harrison Ford, his his character was still his character, which was great because he just dove right back into that character again. I thought he was, you know, it was cool. It, it's just a cool movie. The yeah. soundtrack was fucking awesome. Yeah, Harrison Ford's dog was really cool. Yeah, even his yeah, dog we, was cool. The dog was even a good actor. <laughs> like, that was good. Yeah, I like it. Good. No, it was a cool was fucking good. movie, man. This is a cool movie. So that's why I have hope for Dune because it's the same director, as far as I know. And oh, really? Yeah, oh, wow. So. Oh, okay. Well, I'm 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 feeling a little better about it now because yeah. I'm a big fan of Dune. So you know. yeah. Well, you're you're a big fan of the movie Dune. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. am I. I. I tried looking at the book once and I was like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> Did you try reading it? <laughs> no, I just I was in a library, I was in a bookstore once and I was like, oh, dude. And I was like in my teens. Yeah, okay. I was like, maybe I'll read this. And I opened up the first couple of pages and like, fuck nope. this book. <laughs> I'm not nope. reading that. Well, right. The first thing you do is pick it up and it's as big as an encyclopedia, and you're like, mm. <laughs> Wait, uh. there's there's what is they what do they call that when they're describing the war? Abridged oh, like a, version. No, there's like a fucking dictionary in there describing the fucking words that they're using. If I gotta oh. if I gotta learn a whole new verbiage <laughs> yeah, just really. to read a goddamn book, I'm not reading that. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like, nope, I don't wanna I, I don't wanna know anything that bad. But yeah, it's it's really perplexing. Uh that guy well, it's kinda of like right now everybody's like well not everybody, you know, the conservatives are mad about Dr. Seuss or some shit like this, and I'm like you know that guy was like on drugs or some shit, right? I mean, why would you be mad about, about that? that? Is you see some of the shit he did? What the hell? <laughs> I mean, the craziest part about that is it's not they're canceling their own. They're they're deciding yeah. that the the estate, the Dr. Seuss estate, they're not getting canceled by other people. They yeah. made the decision. Oh, we don't think those books are appropriate for the era and the time that's going on right now. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not in the cancel culture. I don't think it's. Sh- I think it's kind of horseshit i think that that we should obviously change with the times and continue to grow as humans right and obviously one thing that may be appropriate now might have not have been appropriate then or vice versa right but it doesn't mean that we got to go back through and fucking cleanse it you know what i mean i i i think that Mm. i think that there are art especially with art and movies and music don't fucking touch that shit. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. You know what I mean? You can put you can put stuff out saying, "Oh, well, we 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 feel this is inappropriate for children, so you know maybe maybe not let your children watch it or whatever." Um, well, it, yeah, I think it comes down to what you what you consider to be cancel culture. I don't even like the phrase cancel culture because guess what we fuck we've been doing for the last oh I don't know hundred thousand years, moving the fuck on, man. I mean, that's that's what we've been doing, you know. I guess, um, you know, uh, to to the people down south, guess what was cancel culture? Slavery. <laughs> was the, the the abolition of slavery was, oh, a fucking cancel culture. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, so, more, more about the arts and in general. You know, when yeah. what I'm talking about cancel culture is when the crazy right-wing Christians came through and the you know, after the Renaissance and painted fucking leaves over all the ding-dongs and all the fucking majestic <laughs> paintings. You know it what I mean? And then, it didn't take, though, did it? Yeah, well, it, didn't it take. took for 300 fucking years for us to finally, yeah, like, yeah, start yeah. taking that but, shit off and repainting it. But Jesus, I mean, they went th- they went as, as much to go through and chisel the dicks off of some of the fucking statues from ancient Rome. Oh, did you ever, speaking of which, did you, uh, you ever notice that most of the statues from ancient Rome, their noses are broken off? 
You ever uh, you yeah. read why that? Yeah. That's a thing. That was a thing. That was the biggest insult in the world was to break to break the oh, nose yeah. off of them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would have thought that breaking the 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 wiener off of them would have been worse, but <laughs> apparently it was enough. I just I just don't understand it personally. You know what I mean? Like we can we can say okay, well, you know, uh, Tom Sawyer, right? It's got the it's got the M bomb in that book. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean Mark Twain may or may not have been a racist. Who knows? I don't. I didn't fucking know him personally. You know what I mean? I know he was some kind of southern whatever i mean but you know um so there's some m-bombs in that book but that's that's the book that's the book he wrote you know you don't a, a, a publisher shouldn't go back and just start ripping that stuff out no you know that's the book mm-hmm. right so you know just put on there hey this people know this was written in a different time you know it, you know i guess that it's just kind of there's a set of scales there that you have to weigh stuff out on it depends on you know the veracity of something and what they don't want to do. You you don't want to have when it comes. Let's let's talk about you know a children's book. And if a children's book is 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 portraying a, a, a race in a particular way, you know black people as monkeys or some shit. Well, you know what? That's probably. I mean, and like you said, nobody told them they couldn't do it. But it's it's just not well, that good. Was, that was up to them. Um, they decided that they wanted to pull those books from their shelves. Um, they weren't even books that were selling, to be honest with you. I mean, they weren't even selling those books. So it wasn't really a big deal. It wasn't the cat in a hat that they pulled. Well, it no. Some... Well, I mean, even so, cat in a hat, I mean, I don't think any kid's going to, any parent should lose any sleep over, you know, who freaking cares? Is it? That's why some guy said it to me, and one of my customers was kind of railing on it for a second. I was just like, I didn't say anything, but I kind of went, ah, that whatever i said yeah. you know what i have been a long time since i read cat and head so i don't care you know right if they all disappeared tomorrow i wouldn't know but not that it should you know exactly so. I, I don't I, yeah i think like i said if a if a company decides that they don't want to use you know like what disney's doing certain things that i kind of agree with and kind of don't agree with um you know they're like for example um what is it? Uh, the movie with the little the Peter Pan. They pulled a scene from Peter Pan, the Indian scene with the little chieftain and the the little princess, Indian princess, and all this stuff because they felt that the scene itself was maybe insensitive to Native Americans, yada yada yada. And then what they did after that is they put the scene back in there and then they put um a disclaimer before the movie saying that there may be scenes that are inappropriate for fucking children or whatever. And then they pulled it again. And basically, unless you have a specific Disney, that's the only way you're going to be able to get fucking Peter Pan. So, you know, like, I just think, I think there needs to be a moment. Like, for example, Bert, Bert Kreischer, the comedian was talking, uh, he watched uh pretty in pink with his kids, his, his teenage daughters. Right. And there's a scene in Pretty in Pink where the one dorky kid he basically fucking date rapes her while she's fucking drunk. And then she wakes up the next day and she's like, did we? And he's like, yeah. She's like, oh, okay. Well, cool, I guess. I mean, that's what we would consider date rape now, right? Yeah. Fucking somebody while they're so intoxicated that they don't know what's going on. That's date rape. But mm. the reality of the situation is, is it wasn't really looked at it like that back then. It should have been, but it wasn't. But do we go yeah. 
you know, but but as a parent, if you're watching that with your kids, you know what he did? He explained, hey, obviously this isn't appropriate now in this t- day and age. We have grown a little bit as humans since then and socially. This isn't the kind of acceptable behavior. Uh, this is a movie from fucking 1983. You know what I mean? He explained to his kids that, and, and it's just a fucking movie too. And you know what I mean? So, you know, you don't go and say, oh, if, you know, don't watch Pretty in Pink, you know, pull it from the shelves, don't watch it ever again, blah, blah. You just accept the fact that times, are, they've, they've been changing and their things are different now. We're growing as humans in society and our opinions are changing on what is sensitive and what is insensitive or derogatory, not derogatory. Well, some of us are. I'll put a, some of us are on all of what you said there. Some yeah. of us are. Well, the people in the entertainment industry are. Yeah, yeah, they are. And mm-hmm. uh, and it like well, uh, let's let's go with to it. I'll go to a nerd fest here. Take Star Wars for instance. The famous, the famous one of my favorite scenes was when Han Solo shoots Guido or whatever the hell his name is. He shoots. Mm-hmm. He just cut underneath the table. He shot first. Yeah. I shot. There's a whole name. Sh- whole name. Sean. Uh, uh, he shot first. Yeah, Han shot first. Yep. Yeah. Well, they changed that. Yep. I have no idea why, but it was his film, so. Yeah, know. but. You know, but I mean, it ruined it. It ruined it for me. I mean, it was like, I'm like, what? Well, you, so the guy missed you, so then you shot? Yeah, Whatever. no. I, I, it was okay. He was going to kill you. Uh, it, it, I think going back to that film, George Lucas, he changed a lot of shit that he, he felt did. like. you know. And you know, a lot of us true Star Wars fans were pretty pissed off about it because it, I, I, I felt like it. Did ruin the? Oh, he did. He did more damage. With, yeah, with the sequels than he did. <laughs> did with that? Oh my God! I just, I can I don't even consider. I don't know what one, two, three. After three, four, five, whatever. That I don't even consider those Star Wars movies. I mean, I I like them. Um, the one with Lee, Liam Neeson. Yeah. Uh, there eh. are moments that I like about them, but I'm and a huge Jar-Gar Star Beaks? Wars fan. <laughs> it's a, yeah. No. Um, it's teach. I mean, I think the the new films were worse than those ones were. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I, I'm enjoying the Mandalorian. I think that's a pretty good show. I think that's pretty awesome. The Mandalorian is yeah. good. Oh, oh, man. uh, hey, is, hey, is it, did I finally get on? Well, you did, but your your video's not on yet. Probably got to want to turn your volume down a little bit. I don't know how I would do that. Uh, <laughs> What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey. Something's going Nick, on, it's, it's nice to meet you. I don't think I've ever met you before. No, I don't think we've ever met, but it, it is very nice to meet you too. You know, as as the old man would say, uh, remote. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> remotely, yeah. fellow remote, yeah. fellow remote. So, Mark, what do you? What, what's been going on, man? I mean, oh, I see, you, I see well, on the social on the social media a little bit here and there. You and I are railing at the machine every once in a while. Well, yeah, that's it's, it's hard not to. I mean, this day and age is. It seems like every day there's new outrage, you know. It's, you know, today it's what Matt Gates is being <laughs> What a douche, right? I mean, my oh God. Oh, my God. Like, is it, uh, who, who looks at that face and votes for it, right? I, 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 don't, I don't know. And it, it, it's just one of these things where, you know, the guy was trouble from the beginning, you know. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just like you see this time and again. It's, there's just something about this person that just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. His face. And then the news news hits. Yeah. Earlier today, it was kind of funny. It's like a one-two punch. He was announcing that he was going to leave his post and go join Newsmax. And then uh, a few hours later, all of a sudden, he's under investigation. Of course. 
So, total, you know. To, total coincidence, right? Totally, <laughs> totally. But, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Then, you know, that's what it is right now is everyone's looking for something to do. And, and you know, what else is there besides tuning into politics? So, yeah, well, for sure. And, well, let's let's uh, give you a proper introduction here just so people oh. know uh, who we're talking to here before we get too crazy. Hey, I want to introduce a friend of mine. Uh, our guest tonight is... Uh, Jeez, he's a journalist for a long time. I've known him for probably about 20, 25 years, maybe more, well, more. Uh, you know, and he was, uh, was uh, when I knew him first, he was a young cub reporter for the Naples Daily, or no, the News Press, the Fort Myers News Press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Mark Cross. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Good. It's good. Good to be here. Good. Excellent. This excellent. my first, I, uh, first foray into podcasting. Oh, it won't be the last. You're you were made for podcasting, not because we can't see your face. Okay. Well, see, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's what uh, I've been told before, and, and I, it's I've like tr- you got you got a face for podcasting. <laughs> I'm trying not to come across completely unhinged like I am on social media. So, nah, you're not unhinged at all, man. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, I think most people look that way. I had to kind of tone it back a little bit too, man. I I uh, I noticed that. I'd, I'd go to comment on something, and there'd be like, "Oh, there's four comments on here," and I'd click on it, and I'd, I wouldn't see any of it, which means I was blocked by all these <laughs> fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got out of Facebook jail myself. Yeah. Oh wow. It was. Uh, I was out. I was out down down for the count for for seven days after posting, which was just a completely ridiculous meme. It was of. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer t- looking at his burger at Five Guys, and he says, "I think there's five guys in this." <laughs> but, but out of all the things I post on social media, that's the thing that got me stung. How, how, tell me, how does an algorithm pick that up? I, I you know, and it, it was funny too because, like, after I came back on and it was free from face, Facebook jail, uh, some of my friends were. What were we in for? And I was like, this dumb Jeffrey Dahmer meme that, that I thought was pretty damn hilarious. And and my buddy goes, what, this one? And he goes, I'm like, yeah, that's the one. He goes, well, they got me for that same one, too. About Jesus. Ago. And Whoa. Because so, it, was, it, it was posted like several months ago. And Yeah. I know. I got one for seven days for saying that I don't like white trash people. So uh, apparently yeah, that went against the, the standards of like being racist or something, even though I'm white. So whatever. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know. I call, I've called some people the <laughs> white devil before myself, and uh, and I got uh, put in Facebook jail for that, too. So. You mean, what is it? It quits the notion. No, wait. How does it go? No, white it, devil, it qu- white devil. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Notice that you called me White Devil to them. <laughs> that's how they know you. That's one of the things I'm, I'm looking forward to is, is uh, you know, before we got on here, uh, announced that I've finally got my position for a COVID shot. So I'm, I'm, look, ah, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting out of this this quarantine that I've imposed on myself. And I mean, I it, we've been I've been working for home from home since last March, and. Uh, I'm I'm over it. I'm done. I know that yeah, like working yeah. from home, but I just I just don't like it. A lot yeah. of people, a lot of people are over it, but uh, I mean I don't know. I mean I'm uh, I've got I've got both my shots because I'm old, and I and my I'm old and because my wife's really good at computer shit. So I got my shots. That's what it takes. You got to be old and good at the computer. And she just got her first one, Mark. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear you're getting it. Yeah, but, you, you know, know it's it's yeah. one of those things where you just can't wait to get it because you just want like yeah. it to go back to where it was. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, well, I was listening I, today on NPR. I don't, I don't, I think it's they were they had a I forgot who who was on there today, and he was talking about that. And but he was like, you know, even though he's like, it's probably going to be a while till things technically go back to the way that they that they were. You know, just because I, I expect that, but it's it, yeah. it's one of those things where he's like, okay, I got the vaccine. Now I can at least go have dinner inside a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and and what we're looking forward to, you know, we've had these, uh, we have our uh, uh, COVID friends. We have our a very small circle. I always have anyway, which is no different. A circle, a small circle of friends that can tolerate my assholiness. And uh, and so and so they come over and we have, you know, COVID-free cocktails, you know, where they sit over there and bring their own booze, which is pretty cool. And so uh, we, we talk and, you know, it's it, it's been a big deal for us. We've these friends for a year, we've been meeting with these friends on our porch out there. And, uh, and, and so it's been great, but what's really great about that is that if you've, you, if you've got groups of friends that have all got their shots oh shit, you can act normal. Yeah. You know, you can have dinner parties and shit at least at the very least. Right. You know? Yeah, totally. And my whole thing is, 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 uh, you know, being a Gen Xer, I was built for this. I mean, yeah. you and I both, <laughs> you know, I was built to be alone like this for forever. I mean, I haven't seen any of my friends and, you know, since last March, really. I mean, the only people I've seen are my, 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 my relatives and, and my wife. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I get a little, I get a little irresponsible sometimes with some of my friends and, you know, I, I do, you know, I'll, every once in a while, I'll go to a restaurant. You know, I'll that are you know, that I trust. That's people serving sitting people six feet apart and whatever, and wear the mask in there and stuff. And I, I haven't caught it yet, thank God. I mean, I we've done the best that we can, but I I do. You know, I tattoo for a living, so there's no way around yeah. it. I, no. I if, if I'm gonna work, I got to be in close proximity with people. But I would say I, I would say eighty five to ninety percent of my clients have already caught it, anyways. You know, yeah, <laughs> so it's a shame. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's crazy. But so, what do you, Mark? You're a journalist, right? Uh, freelancer. Freelance? Uh, do you do you work occasionally for... now? I'm, I'm mostly a copywriter now. Copywriter. So that's yeah. like. Uh... So I write like blogs, um, advertising, marketing materials, stuff like that. Ah. Pro- professional writer. A professional writer. It, it, yeah. This way, it pays a lot better than being a journalist. Let's put. It, and a lot less headaches too. Well, and you know what? I wanted to talk to you about that because I think we've had some discussions way back in the day. Like I said, I introduced you as we, we knew each other way back when where you were covering us, uh, City of Benita, when we were first a city. Uh, and I've been re- uh, reading up on some articles about, uh, uh, you know, what happened to local journalism. Forget about what happened to, you know, national journalism and that kind of stuff like that. We're all exposed to that constantly. But uh, local journalists, it, it just disappeared. I mean, it really I mean from did. Your, yeah, I mean, so what do you see as that, like, the primary cause of that? And it's so important because that's where everything happens is well, local politics. At least from my perspective, I think it all went awry when the computer people in the business made the decision to give away the news for free on the Internet. Yeah, and when one person started doing that, everyone else felt they had to too. So right. with that revenue stream washing up, no one was buying the daily paper anymore. Everything was moving online, and 
so how, so how do you pay for things? Then you had um, Craigslist. <laughs> remember, remember Craigslist? I think it's still around. I don't. Oh wow! Yeah. 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 Um, but a lot of things on Craigslist that killed your whole revenue from for your classified section. Yeah. Ah, okay. So it, it all these different revenue streams that newspapers depended on dried up. Um, people started getting their news online because it was free, so it trained them like a dog. Well, oh, well, you're going to try and charge me now? Well, I'll just go to your competitor yeah, and get the same news for free. Okay, it might be a day later. It may not be as in, well involved or in-depth, um, but that's where, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and then, and then, uh, then of course, the, the trickle down from that, I mean, I, I hate using that expression because it's fucked up but uh mm-hmm. but that actual the 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 result of that was that they were like laying off journalists actually professional journalists and and they were putting on people part-time and freelancing and stuff like that and uh it it just kind of got to the point yeah where, where nobody was really reporting any hard news nobody was spending any time digging down and finding out what the story was well that's just, true too because you had yeah. because you had a lot of these layoffs that took place and you, when you when you had that they usually cut at the top of the the salaries and so you had a lot of the institutional knowledge just go yeah i i had a buddy who was doing uh online journalism and the, it, it paid so bad it was like per i don't know if it was per like like a fraction of a penny per word or something like that. But he's like the amount of writing you would have to do to make any substantial money doing online, you know, journalism. It was just, it was ridiculous. He said, well, and and I, I, I became a politician in, in the days of, uh, Mark Cross, Christine Girardin, people who were actually understood the shit that was going on. They knew better, better than most of the politicians, what was happening why it was happening. They knew the, the regulations. They knew everything was going on. They, they didn't have to, to, to fake it. They didn't have to just kind of, you know, in Charlie Whitehood's another one, Charlie. Whitehead. Yeah. yeah. He, he knew what he wanted you to say before he got on the phone. You had to watch him though. Yeah, Charlie's, <laughs> he, Charlie's a great reporter. He's a great reporter. But so now it's just like, now it's just like somebody that they're just like, this guy said this, this guy said that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And, 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 Whatever. and to be honest, it, I, you know, after a while, I couldn't wait to get out. I, I mean, toward the end there, I was just couldn't wait to get out of journalism. I wasn't doing anything that made me happy. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't getting off on anything I was doing like I was earlier in my career. And what I found was that a lot of the things that I enjoyed doing, um, the type of journalism like I kind of enjoyed doing, uh, they weren't paying for here, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. you know, I love travel. I love travel writing. Um, I love, you know, getting deep into cultures and exploring things that just are completely unfamiliar to me. And when you're working a beat, it gets so routine. You can write stories blindly. Um, it wasn't uncommon for me to write eight or nine stories a day about the city of Benita Springs. Yeah. And, and that just seems completely unfathomable today because where do you get nine stories in the city of Benita Springs in one day? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. You know, and, and that just doesn't happen anymore. Um, so, you know, I, I, I look back on the 
look back on it fondly and I still occasionally dabble in journalism when I, when the bug hits and when I got a good story, but it's just something that I'm just not, I'm not actively pursuing now because I'm, by the time I get home at six o'clock at night, I'm beat. Well, let me, let me take a guess. You were a big Anthony Bourdain fan, right? Oh, I loved him. That was the best, wasn't it? I really did. And, And it's one of those things where, you know, after he's gone, you realize how much he's missed. And because you watch these other travel shows and it's just like, are you kidding me? This is so boring. It's so bland. There's no edge to it. To be honest with you, I find the best travel shows right now are on YouTube. Oh, no shit. These little, these vloggers. Um, I can't say, you know, again, we're going to go back to the pandemic. Um, I think that's the one thing that's like really because content was um, as far as uh, movies and television, I mean, there hasn't been much produced over the past year. There really hasn't. And the only place where you're, where I'm finding new content and something interesting are these vloggers. And, and there's a couple of them uh, that you can find on YouTube. Like there's this one girl, her name's like, Ava Zubek, and I can't say enough about her. Check her out. She's got balls on her the size of watermelons. And um, what she does is she goes to all these godforsaken places that you, that no, no man would ever really want to go to. Like, she's going to Yemen. She's going to Syria, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and doing these great stories. And he seems the heir apparent to Bourdain. And her quality is really good. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. But, uh, Very cool. Yeah. She's too, like, I mean, what are you guys doing for entertainment? Well, uh, you know, of course, thing. I'm, I'm watching a lot of TV. Uh, so everything, we've watched everything shitty, everything great, everything horrible. Uh, but I was, I was about to t- t- talk to Nick about some of the things that you have recommended, which your taste and Nick's taste in in, in movies are probably much alike. Huh. You're the one that recommended the what was it, the Human Centipede? Oh Jesus! And I was like, oh my god! I'm like, what the fuck, Mark? What the hell are you trying to do to me? That's mild. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So I haven't been watching stuff like that. Well, you know, I kind of, I kind of. I kind of push myself towards the extreme. Like if someone tells me, Oh, this is the funniest movie ever or the most appalling, disgusting movie ever, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to come up with my own. Like, yeah, that was pretty foul. Yeah. No, I watched that stuff to an extent. Have you seen uh, any of Tom Segura's live shows? Uh, he's been releasing the comedian. No, I haven't. Uh, Have you heard about them at all? Yes. Jesus Christ, the shit that he's fucking playing on that side. I, I, you know, our, our my sister, your daughter, dad. She's she's been uh. watching him with uh, too, and it's just it, he just some reason his fans and him just find the most disgusting, bizarre shit that uh, that's on the internet. Which I mean, <laughs> it, and they just they they produce a live show and then he shows all of it just to get reactions out of everybody. And he'll have a guest like Doctor Drew will be on there or some other fucking guy. And it just, yeah, and it's just it's it, it is just. I, I told I told my wife last time because she she for some reason loves it. She thinks it's hilarious. I said I'm not watching any more of these. I've done two. I'm not watching another one. I I, well, I can't. I mean, that's that's kind of the funny thing about the whole COVID thing is is you're looking for something 
that's going to entertain you. And I've had this discussion with plenty of people. Like, you go onto Netflix, and okay, there might be something good on there, but the overall Netflix that's streaming, everything that's streaming on Netflix, everything hovers around like a grade of like a B, B minus to a C plus. Yeah, yeah. I think you're being kind. Yeah, well, yeah you're I might, right. I might, you're be, right. I might be a little kind, but everything, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah everything's yeah. hovering around just okay. You know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Once yeah. in a while, you get something like you know, a Stranger Things that you're like, all right, I'm gonna, oh yeah, 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 from, from start to finish. You know. Yeah. And and and, and, and you know, I don't have all of them. I don't have Hulu, but you know, the HBO Max is nice now. Um, but I, I've been going nuts on YouTube. I mean, have you guys huh. seen these search drumming challenges? Yeah. The what challenges? There's, it's called search drumming. It's, it's this, it's, it's this challenge that people do and you, you just start Googling it and, and or you type it in on YouTube and it's just these people sit around this can of this Swedish fish. Not the Swedish fish that are tasty, but this foul-smelling fish. And, oh, and, yeah, yeah. And the fumes go everywhere, and people start puking all over themselves. Yeah. Because the yeah. smell is so bad. And it's just pass. about <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, hard, pa- hard pass. I'm a sympathy it's, puker. If I see people puking, I'm going to be puking too. Yeah, it, hard pass. It, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to get through it, but it's so funny because you're watching little kids do it, and you're watching oh. and do it. And, you know, and then there's the uh, uh, professional... Uh, Russian League men's slapping challenges. I like those. They're pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. Uh, I mean, that's pretty it's good. just like all this stuff. And thank God for YouTube because I wouldn't have been able to make it through this whole COVID thing without. Well, this this kind of begs the question. I watched this. Uh, I started watching this HBO. Um, what do we call it? Documentary about Q QAnon. Oh, and I've okay. watched Yeah, I've watched the the first two. Uh, and and it's introduced me to what uh, things that I didn't know about already, which was, you know, all this 4chan, 8chan. What the hell did I fucking know about that shit, right? I don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. And about what kind of freaking crap no, is on there. I, I mentioned that the other, yeah, I, uh, that QAnon. I was listening to a report on NPR. With they, she, the reporter, met up with one of the, the head guys on QAnon that are releasing all this garbage, right? And he's like, basically, oh, all journalists, all reporters, they're basically baby eaters, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and she sat down with this guy for like fucking three hours, right? And then yeah. at the end of it, you know, they're like all chummy and shit. And he's, she's like, so what, you know, you you really you really put my life and risk my life in danger because people are believing the bullshit that you're releasing about me as a journalist. So do you think I'm a baby eater now? And he's like, no, but the people you work for are. You know, it's just yeah, like Jesus fucking Christ. You know, come on. Oh yeah. my God. It's so just, it's really, but but uh, I mean, that QAnon shit aside, four chan and eight chan, that was like horrible before anybody even heard about Q because the people are allowed to say. I mean, you can make an argument. You can say what you want to say. It's freedom of speech, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we can put, but they could put any image, anything on there, and they did. They do. <laughs> so and should I watch it? <laughs> I don't. I mean, if I, I watch the doc- no, should I watch the documentary? Oh. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I, I think okay. you should. Uh, it it's, uh, but I like I said, I'm only two episodes into it. Uh, but it, it's trying to drill down. It's this guy. I think the guy worked hard. It's it's nice to see somebody really work hard and dig 
or yeah. to try to get to something. Well, I and mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm a huge fan of documentaries. I just, I, I, lo- yeah. I love them. I mean, did you see the other HB, the other recent HBO one, Lady in the Dale? Oh, no. No, I didn't. Oh, that was a good one, too. So it's about this, um, this guy who's uh, a crook, and he's been grifting people left and right. And he finally disappears, uh, runs away as the feds are cl- uh, cops are closing in on him, and becomes a woman, and then starts up a motor company. Starts up a what company? A motor company, a car company. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Back in the 70s. And it's just one outrageous thing after another. It's it, it's pr- it's pretty good. It's only like four episodes, but it's, it's it was it's pretty entertaining. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. I the payoff comes at the end when, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but the payoff really comes in the in the third or fourth episode when you find out that the the one guy who's investigating uh, this car company owner, um, who he turns out to be, and who you you start putting two and two together, and you're like, wow, that son of a bitch. Yeah, the, the strangest documentaries, the stupidest double documentaries can be really interesting. The one that really got my attention, I have no idea why. We just started watching it, and then it just grabbed me, right? It was the one about, about the big cheating scandal that had to do with McDonald's Monopoly cards. Oh, that's a great one. Holy shit. I was like, what? That's what? a great one. Unbelievable. It was like, it was talk about a great detective movie, you know? I mean, it was like... There's people, there's actually policemen who work on <laughs> fighting crime at McDonald's. It, well, you know, it was amazing. So, it, yeah. It's a fantastic one. Another one that I, I keep telling people about that they really have to watch because it's so unbelievable. And as you're watching it, you're, this, this couldn't have happened. Did you guys ever see Wild Wild Country? Well, I don't know. Okay. Do you, ben, you might remember. How old are you, Nick? Uh, 42. 42. You might be too young to remember this, but Ben, you might remember. Do you remember mm-hmm. Rajneesh? That sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. It was a cult out in uh, Oregon. I and saw that documentary yeah, with uh, Bhagwan so, and all those guys. Bhagwan Shri Rajneesh. You saw that. Yeah. So that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's the wild, wild country. It's, yeah, that one's fucking bizarre. It's <laughs> freaking awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's about that that it's these these fucking these posers these these fucking baby boomer you know uh, hippie posers just go out to India and basically bring this guy and his cult back to Oregon and they kind of make a commune in this small town in Oregon and the the locals there fucking hate them I mean they just hate them man it's just, and it just becomes this like all out bureaucratic war between these locals and this fucking cult you know and, and, it, goes, uh, and it goes and it goes all the way up to like the state state governments the feds got involved oh yeah and then finally like, they, yeah yeah it's a good one it's a good one i i saw one that was pretty good uh that was the uh the one about the uh the russian and the colombian dude or whatever puerto rican guy or cuban and then this other guy in miami like basically buying russian subs and selling it to what? the colombian mafias and stuff <laughs> that one was pretty crazy. entertaining too what was that called I forgot what it's. I gotta. I'll look it up. It's, okay. it's pretty yeah, good. It's pretty good. I'd be anxious to see that one. I gotta tell you that there's a. There were a couple of ones that on I watched on Netflix and in of course Lori she finds a lot of this stuff for me. There's there was one that was called. It's called I Care a Lot. All right. I've heard. I, I, I've uh, seen it. Oh my months, god. So. Oh my god. If you really want to get pissed off and angry, just watch that. Watch that because it's in what it's basically the basic premise is, and this is true. This shit happens, and so this is kind of a. 
you know, docudrama kind of like thing. It's not, but, but uh, these people actually go after old people who are like living at home and shit like that on their own. And they do their research and they find out that they're defenseless pretty much. And they, they go to the court and they go, ah, this person can't take care of themselves. And they make the court, they, they, they had to go to a judge and they say, this is an emergency. This person's in danger. We need to take care of them. They get all their assets. They take, they take everything. This happens. This actually happens. And so I watch anything know, with Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Yeah. And he's in there. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so what happens is uh, without ruining for anybody is that, yeah, the, 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 this, this bitch picks on the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was what happens, but you go, Oh my God, I was stayed. I stayed angry until the very end when there was a, like you said, the payoff is at the very end. So I was like, okay. Operation you know, I was o- like, o- wow. Odessa was the other one I was talking about. Operation okay. Odessa. Okay, good. Yeah. I'll have to check yeah. that one out. Did you guys happen to did you guys happen to see the last blockbuster? No, not yet. The last, no. I like the meme though. It's like That's the not, yeah, Netflix it's the, shooting uh, blockbuster and then they're like, yeah, Hey, watch this fucking documentary about the last blockbuster. It's it's <laughs> it's a great little nostalgic documentary. It's on uh Netflix now and um it's, oh. I think it's about an hour and a half long, and it's just about it's about Netflix or not Netflix. It's a blockbuster. Sorry, but it's, it's about blockbuster video. Yeah, it's yeah. about like how blockbuster became what it was and how it fell, and and now the last living, breathing blockbuster. There's one. Was that the blockbuster that John Oliver uh, uh, donated uh, Russell Crowe's well, copies to? They go into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of five left and shortly after they did, and I, I'm not, I don't want to blow the whole story, but shortly after he donated that cod piece and some Russell Crowe stuff, that one went under two. So yeah. one left in, in uh, Bend, Oregon right now. And it's the last blockbuster. And it's a great little story. I mean, if you, if you ever went spent Friday or Saturday night going with a family or your girlfriend or whoever, to Blockbuster to find a movie, just check it out. You're gonna love. I got to tell you that you know it's hard to believe that was still in this lifetime when we used to do that. I got I, it blows my mind walking yeah. into a Blockbuster that had the, the the memory of walking to a Blockbuster and just kind of walking around with you know 20, 30 other people kind of looking for something to watch. You know, uh-huh. unreal. I, I, I miss I, you know in a way I kind of miss it. I kind of miss that. Yeah, I, miss I agree. That. I miss going to record stores. Uh, you know, it's there's just something about you know, spending an hour or two there and just trying to find the right thing. That f- f- I, I was talking to my wife about that today. I was like, uh, she was like, so did you, you used to go to, you know, CD stores and record stores? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, you know, that's, that's that must have been pretty cool. I'm like, no, actually, it kind of sucked because I, I would think about it, what I wanted to buy for like a week and a half, two weeks. I'd finally make my way to Fort Myers, to the, to the good CD store up there, or record store up there. And then I forgot what I wanted to fucking get. And I just walk around <laughs> like an idiot for a half an hour. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. I miss it. I miss it. I miss, I miss that kind of, uh, you know, just going there and shooting the shit with somebody about, uh, uh, you know, telling me, him, somebody telling me that, oh, that record sucks. Why don't you try this instead? Or, or don't rent that movie. Or, Orlando still you know, got a couple. They've got three pretty solid records still, stores still open here in Orlando. That kind yeah, of there's, still there's a few vibe. around Florida that are still open, and, yeah. and, but they're always welcome. And, and, you know, it's just unfortunate that there's, that, that seems like a, a bygone era. Yeah. All right, Mark. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna out you now. Uh, Mark's okay. a Mark's a deadhead. Yes. I, is that fair? 
Yeah, fair to totally. Say? Absolutely. Okay, tell me about that. How, how, did, how did you become a deadhead? How, what, what was the story behind that? How did you? Um, you know, I really don't know how it ex- exactly happened, but I think it was, you know, I'm going back to like early freshman year in high school. Um, I, I picked up this weird album cover and I, I'm like, this is kind of interesting. This band sounds nasty and ferocious. I'm like, what's this? I popped it in. It's this like country music and little blues. And I'm like, well, this is interesting. And then I picked up another record and it was just something completely different. And all the sounds, all, all the songs started sounding different. It was some blues or some rock. There was some jazz or some country, some bluegrass or some reggae in it. And I think what happened was, is that intrigued me enough to dig deeper. And one of my first concerts I ever went to uh, was in, I was born and raised in Buffalo, New York. And uh, it's a 4th of July show, 1986. It was The Grateful Dead, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and Bob Dylan. And so that was really my first concert. I went to Michael Jackson's Thriller Tour a couple years before with my mom, but that doesn't count. Mm. So, but when I was there as a freshman, just after freshman year in high school, and seeing what I saw in an eighty thousand seat stadium, and I was like, "This was nothing like the Michael Jackson concert." <laughs> and then uh, from that point on, I was from high school all through college. Uh, I think every every spring break I had in college, I was I disappeared for two weeks on a tour with the Grateful Dead, and. Uh, I find a way every fall tour to uh, disappear from college classes for a week and, and go on tour there too. And uh, so it was a lot of fun. It was, I still have my buddies that I still go, go, go to shows with. Now the Dead & Company with John Mayer is popped up. I, we, we go up to New York every year uh, for a couple of shows. We just have a great time. I have a client just a couple of days ago who came in. He was like, uh, it's funny, he's like this young 20 year old kid and he's he talks like this man but he's from virginia and he lives in colorado now uh, so i don't know why he has this accent but you and know, he always up talks yeah so he's like yeah i'm following a band around right now jam band i'm like oh yeah what, what kind of jam band he's like well they're like an electronic jam band i'm like so hmm. what are their djs well i mean there's like electronic jam band i'm like okay are they are they are they using synthesizers? No, it's like 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 a DJ, I guess, but a jam <laughs> band. I'm like, that's not a jam band, bro. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. That's just I a couple know. of guys fucking spinning records, you know, or not? They're not even they don't even spin records anymore. What am I saying? It's just two dudes with two laptops fucking playing some music or some shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> but, but no, I've, I've I've always I've always been into the dead. Uh, it's it's just something that you know. Just something about them, man. It's, it's just you, you get bit by them, and you either get it or you don't. And then Gary, yeah. Gary Garcia said, "It's you know we're, we're like black licorice. You know, some people, some people, a lot of people don't like us, but the people who like us really like us." Hmm. And, that's an uh, that's an apt description. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it works. And and for me, it was more about like. You know, going from city to city. I mean, I had friends going to Mexico or, or the beaches in Florida every year, and here I was jumping in the back of a car with four buddies, 
and we were bouncing all over the Northeast, going, you know, sometimes going out to California for shows, and and it was a great way to explore new cities and, and do new things. Hmm. Huh. Well, and I uh, just to kind of remember to do a really hard, hard left turn here. Uh, sure. Uh, but, but so far as family and stuff like that, is your, is your uh, I don't know anything about your mom and dad. I know nothing about your family or anything. Yeah, like that. my mom's still with us. Uh, dad, dad passed away a oh, long time ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm probably going to go over see my mom this weekend. Oh, well, over is she on the other coast for, or what? Yeah, for, for a lot down. Yeah. Oh no, kidding! Oh yeah. right, yeah. Sam, are you? Uh, she? How did she end up over there? Just, uh, just they, came, they came down after me, and my dad was. Uh, he, he loved the ponies, so he wanted to oh, near, yeah. near Gulfstream Park and and uh, you know enjoy his retirement that way. And uh, so they, they they settled over on that coast. And but she's had it. She's had it with Florida. She's ready to get out now. <laughs> I think she's got the, a lot. Of, she's got a lot of company. Yeah. It's the traffic. It's 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 just everything. It's she's just tired of it, and so she she's. I think she's going to go back to Buffalo. All right. Well, so, I mean, no traffic up there. No, no, <laughs> no hurricanes to worry about either. Not anymore. No. I had a couple more questions about your journalism stuff here, and, and sure. I, yeah, I just you know for me it, and the journalism thing. You know, growing up in the eighties, you know what I mean. Like like journalists seem. You know, and reporters seemed like they were, you know, they were the ones that were going to get to the bottom of something if something was fucked up. I mean, that's mm -hmm. I mean, like with Nixon is a perfect example, you know, and those dudes in Boston outing the fucking, you know, the Vatican and all of, you know, for molesting boys and all this. Like they were always the people that were like fucking, all right, no, no, this is the truth here. We're going to get to the bottom of it. This is the truth. And, you know, it was always just like, you know, there was a reporter and there was an editor and, you know, there wasn't like this big, th didn't seem like there was this big thumb over like, and, and then there was accountability for journalism back then too. It seemed like, you know, versus now where they just get a story offline from a, they don't even, they don't even reference it. They don't know where it came from. They don't, you know what I mean? And then it ups, most of the time, you don't even know if you're getting proper news or not because nobody's, there's no accountability anymore. And it's just you're like. Right. Yeah, and I just, I wish, I, I feel like that was the big, you know, and then you had that fucking idiot Trump coming through, you know, screaming fake news at everybody and really just diminishing what little bit of faith anybody may have still had left in reporting and journalism and the media and just kind of squash, I mean, just squash the fuck out of that too. Yeah. And so it's just like, what, what, where do we go next? You know, I, I really, I really don't know. I mean, there, there, there's certainly great reporters out there doing some fantastic work but it just seems like this star has worn off a lot of them i mean you, there are no more uh jimmy breslin's there are no more pete hamill's there are no more hunter thompson's there are no more yeah. you know tom wolf's these larger than life you know woodward bernstein you know the list goes on and, and yeah. it doesn't seem there are any more of those larger than life characters in newsrooms. We just lost one in Florida a couple of weeks ago uh, with Carl Heisen announcing oh, yeah. his retirement. Yeah. You know, and you know, he's you know, ever since I've been been in Florida, he's been my favorite writer. He's the guy who was just like, you know, everything he sunk his teeth into. It's just he had just such a great way with the word and and even even if you didn't like his politics, you could read him and say Okay, that guy makes me laugh. Yeah, that's what I liked about some of these older reporters. There was kind of an unbiased, and it was just, 
it was just the story that they were kind of following, and this is hey, this is what this is what this is what's actually going on. You know what I mean? So it's like I don't know. Well, I, I think don't you, Mark? Don't you think it's a, a lot of it is it's got to do with the the underlying infrastructure. If there's no underlying infrastructure there, you can't you can't survive as a human being when nobody's paying you to peel back that onion a little bit at a time. Because there's nobody has it, no company has the patience for that. They want a fucking story now. Oh yeah, everything's got to be sensationalism now. Right? And newspapers, not most newspapers, aren't going to give somebody, you know, three months, four months, five months, six months, a year to do a story anymore. It's just not going to happen. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, I, I kind of think you know because there are people who really want to do journalism who really want to sink their teeth into, you know covering the truth or breaking the, the latest big news, but it's kind of like soccer in this country. You know, we have all these wonderful, great athletes, but how come there's no great American soccer player? Yeah. Because soccer doesn't pay in this country. Yeah. People who are athletes and, and that, that could go into soccer, oh, I'll go to baseball or I'll go to football. I'll, I'll choose golf, you know, and it's, it, why would you choose journalism? Yeah. Well, Here's here, and this is what I think is the inherent problem with it is you almost have to be raised rich to be a journalist nowadays hmm. because who can afford to live on, on the meager wages that they that that media companies pay people? Yeah, especially starting off, you know, you're you know, you're starting off in some podunk paper, um, you're not making much more than minimum wage, yeah, yeah. So how, why would you get into that unless you have a deep passion or else your parents have deep pockets? Yeah. Well, me, uh, Nick and I, we, we go deep, deep, deep into income inequality into America a lot on this show. Uh, and, and don't you, I mean, do you think, I don't think it's a, it's, a, it's a coincidence in some ways, not a conspiracy theory, but look at this line of uh, teachers, journalists, really important people at the crux of our society, shaping minds and, and telling the truth about things. And, and they're making it to where they don't pay anything. So where are we at? Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. So why, why would you go, you know, it's, you talk about the income inequality too, is you also got to wonder about those, uh, like we said, the, the, the journalists with the deep pocketed parents, what kind of life experiences have they had before they step into the role of journalist? Yeah, what's their perception, right? What's their, I mean, are they coming at it from? Oh, well, you know, hey, I'm driving my BMW into into you know the latest crime scene here. Hmm. It's, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that it, it's wrong or not, but I, I just wonder if that's the future of journalism, where it's just going to be inhabited by people who have a silver spoon in their mouth. But it sucks because it's like it would. It was it it was one of the few things, you know, especially in America, that was keeping kind of a lot of stuff in check. Was yeah. our journalism and our reporting, and the fact that they were independent and that they weren't connected to some government or you know like Fox News or whatever mm-hmm. MSNBC or whatever that that there wasn't some underlying. It was just independent journalism and you know going out and it was kind of what was really 
you know, keeping our kind of country like, all right, well, you know what? You can't well, go crazy too far because somebody's going to fucking out you in the news. You know what I mean? That's why they got the, the state uh, nickname, right? Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just, that's just it. Who's going to bring, who's going to, who's going to be the next person that brings in or brings out the next, uh, you know, whatever happens in Southwest Florida, who knows what's going on in the shadows in Southwest Florida right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 do we have the journal journalists to, to dig it out? I don't know. We do. I don't think we do. It's the same thing yeah. here in Orlando. I mean, I couldn't tell you one popular journalist here in Orlando, uh, you know, and and if they were, they there are they're all people that are in. No offense to the situation here in Orlando, but you know they're all in bed with the politicians here in Orlando. You know what I mean? Not, there's no like kind of like I said, they don't have uh, they they keep these really p- kind of soft relationships with them because they want to be able to talk to them or whatever. You know? So, well, I mean, I get that, but at, but at the same time, I mean, I have never seen. Any journalist show purposely show bias or go into a story with a preconceived uh, idea of what it should ultimately look like. I mean, yes, there's you want a story and you know what's going to be there. You have to ask the right questions and everything like that. Yeah. But I don't think there's. I've never seen anything where somebody's writing for the government or writing for a big business that's not striving to tell the whole truth. Yeah. I mean, do you think that's the same on the bigger media outlets too? Or do you think, uh, you know, I, I don't want to speak for TV because I don't have a whole lot of respect for TV mm-hmm. um, outside of, you know, the Washington press corps. And, 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 and but it's, it's one of those things where I don't know. I mean, I've always respected, I've always thought the newspapers were the heart of journalism. Yeah. And TV sort of just followed along. I mean, yes, TV broke it, broke their news and, you know, especially the big top, big networks, New York, big cities, big markets. But small markets, the, the TV stations are usually, take, you know... Yeah, it, they were usually more, getting all their material from those fucking papers, you know? Exactly. You know, we. I mean, I remember stories where I would break, break a story and then a few <laughs> days later, some TV network would exclusive on such and such you know I'm like wait wait <laughs> that's my fucking story that's three days ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you you read it word for word on this yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. well uh, well let me, tell me what you tell me what you think of John Oliver's show you know I, I think he's terrific I really do I don't watch him nearly enough though um because he's got some great journal I will call him journalist because yes. They did, and they drilled down into shit that you would. I've never even thought about before. I mean, they, their last one was on the unemplo- uh, unemployment insurance, the history of unemployment insurance, and how bad Florida sucks <laughs> because <laughs> because because of DeSantos and Skeletor before him, and mm-hmm. what they purposely did to unemployment insurance. I mean, this is oh, yeah, shit nobody was, yeah. nobody's even thought about. No, you don't have to tell me. I mean, I'm, my wife was caught up in the whole mess. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and and, and yeah, I it got was, caught up in it too. It was ridiculous, but it was purposeful. Yes, they they made it that way on purpose. Yeah, I mean, it was it's just a sin. And, I, and really, like a, I, I, I one of those the things with the late night TV guys is like John Oliver. I totally respect Bill Maher. I, I kind of had a falling out with. Yeah, me too. Uh, 
um, you know, Samantha B. I'd love. I love. Yeah, she's cool as fuck. Yeah, yeah. My problem with her again is uh, her show is that since COVID, it hasn't had that same punch it, it used to have. And so- yeah, yeah, and that's where John Oliver, John Oliver's show got better. I don't know what he did, but his show got fucking better. You know, it could be all. It could be writers. It could all be the writers. Yeah, I don't know. He just. I think it was him personally. He adapted to that format. And and when he goes on to this rant, he's just, I mean, he's well-fueled. He's got great writers. I mean. Well, he was always good. He was always even going back to The Daily Show. He was terrific. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got to tell you, I, I'm such a way too big a fan. But but it's because of that. I watch it, and he's funny. Uh, you know, my, my wife hates his guts because she, she all she hears is a parrot talking. When, <laughs> and he, he admits that. Yeah. I mean, all of her admits that. Yeah, okay, whatever. But no, it's so it's so well researched and it really peels back that onion. That's yeah. what I'm missing. Internalism really peel back the layers. It takes patience. It really does. And you know, uh, Frontline on on PBS is terrific. Um, yeah, I love watching Frontline. The HBO documentaries. I'll say, do you guys do you guys got do you guys have Viceland? Oh yeah, uh, they got some really far out stuff on that on that network too, as far as journalism goes. Yeah, yeah, I used to. I, I, is that the same as Vice? Is that like yeah. the same? Yeah, yeah. I never. I never. I watched Vice on HBO back in the day. Um, I know that the that the main dude on Vice, he kind of went through some. Didn't he get canceled, or they tried to cancel him, or some shit? I don't know. He went, through, he went through some shit, but but the yeah. network Vice Land's got some really good shit on there. They got this one show called Bon Appetit, where all they do is make uh, these great dinners with weed. Um, <laughs> There's another guy on there, uh, Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia, and he's the son of a famous documentarian. I, I forgot his name, um, but anyways, so all he does is travel the globe looking for hallucinogenic. Uh, <laughs> he's just going around licking, licking, licking toads or some shit. Lick, licking toads, <laughs> finding some fish that that you. you, you show on there called fuck that's delicious and <laughs> it's just some guy just going around eating plate eating at different places and so I mean, all these kind of documentaries i'm just looking for anything that's just going to keep me informed entertained i saw something pretty pretty entertaining yesterday or today uh, i saw and i'm not going to ask the, the person because i don't know if they listen to the show but on of course it's always on facebook Yes, I'm going to have a segment on this show called "Guess What I Saw on Facebook Today." Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a Fox News clip, right? Of that one lady who looks like a Muppet. Um, she's like, she's like, you will not believe what we we sent cameramen down to the border, and they wouldn't let us film. But we had some senators, <clears throat> Ted Cruz, uh, that fucking that got in. He was down there, and I like, I just don't understand why people still like fucking anybody even listens to this guy or or any. I just don't understand it. Like what, like him getting called out by Trump should have been the end of Ted Cruz, you know? Yeah, and then flipping, yeah, yeah. Like like why is that guy still who you know? Yeah. Anyway, uh, but you're right. I was uh, watching this thing with Ted Cruz, and it's like the, the worst Blair Witch Project ever, where he kind of like he's like, oh my, we're here in Mexico, yeah, deep deep in the jungle of Mexico. And we're here to to watch people in misery and make fun of them or something like that. Yeah, you know? it's just ridiculous. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the what the hell their problem is, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't understand why anybody would take that guy seriously at all. But well, know. no, but then, I don't know. He's yeah, and he's just you know I, I posted on there. I was like. Um, I just think it's interesting that this guy cares now after, you know, four years of Trump doing the same thing at the border. And then on top of that, uh, maybe you should be concerned about your own constituents there, motherfucker, be, instead of taking vacations while there's a crisis going on in the state of Texas and shit, yeah. you know? He's still trying to make up for uh, taking his, yeah, going on vacation to you know, Mexico. Yeah, he went, it's okay for you to go to vacation in Mexico, but it's not okay for, for, for people <laughs> from Mexico to come to America. What? I don't know. Oh, because yeah. you're rich. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Fuck that guy. I don't know. Fuck that guy. Anyway, I ain't going to waste no time talking to that hook-nosed bastard. <laughs> Fucker. You can open a fucking can of fucking peas with that nose. Come on, say something <laughs> nice about Ted Cruz. <laughs> I wish he could. I really wish he could. No, I, I was going to say, I'll that. say something nice about Ted Cruz. I wish he was actually a can opener instead of having a face like a can opener. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say something nice about him. I bet you. I bet you his face is a really good place to take a shit. Um, <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't squat over that. Nope. <laughs> you could. You could get a, a fucking serious a- cut and infection from that face. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I. I really wish we had some better people. No. Yeah. 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 Across the board, really. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Across the board, I. I, I wish it was. Just yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in all fairness, the shine has really worn off Cuomo, hasn't it? Yeah. A bit, right? <laughs> a bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I met his old man. I loved him, um, but man, yeah, you know what? It, it's kind of like it's, it's like now it's kind of like oh shit, he's an yeah, asshole. I know. Whoa, <laughs> holy crap! Uh, yeah, and, and and it's fair. He's fair game. I mean, he, he kind of. I mean, I'm not going to bow before any politician zipper. I'm n- n- no, and and whether if you're if you're a piece of shit Republican or a piece of shit Democrat, I mean, I'm going to call you out. I'm not going to pretend. Yeah, you know, somebody is better. Yeah, I'm still angry about Al Franken fucking uh, retiring. To be honest with you, I mean, I, I, I seriously, I really did. I, I, did I too. like like that guy retired because of a small little stupid thing. Way back when, but we're still tolerating all these other assholes. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But whatever. I, don't know. I think we're pretty close on time here. Is there anything, Mark, that you want to plug or? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I, you know, I think we should. I'd love to do this again sometime. I really would. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. cool. It was uh, a lot of fun. Definitely. Yeah. De- we, yeah, we're we, good. Well, we're going to send you a mic and a headset and uh, get you set up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I keep telling my dad. I'm like, we, I got to put it together, this like list of like, you know, just the email for our guests. This is what you're going to need. This is what you're going to want. And this is how you're going to want to do it. And I just, you know, I'm lazy. I mean. <laughs> hey, I mean, I tried. I, I was like, I went out and bought these. I bought these headphones today, so it's like I. My well, at least you got a sweet pair of headphones out of it. Well, they're not really sweet. They're only twelve ninety five. Yeah, Walgreens <laughs> purchase, you know. I agree, man. Mark's 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 uh, deep will the tap here, man. When it comes to stuff like that, so we got it because I want to start talking to you about food and, yes, and about your and about your favorite country that you want to go see, and I know. Uh, Slavic countries or whatever it is, but well, Croatia was Croatia. Was, yeah. yeah, that was unbelievable. Yeah, so so yeah, it, it, uh, we got a lot. I of was gonna, I was I, I was planning to go to Myanmar this year. Oh no! Kidding. Oh shit! Thank God for COVID. Right? <laughs> no shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I was really, I would, I would have been there right now. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. If it wasn't for COVID, my goal was to go in February and March of this year to Myanmar. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I kind of like my head on top of my shoulder. Yeah, yeah that's was, probably yeah. a good place for it. I'm just kidding. Yeah, and then, then it turns out the other place I wanted to go, I just heard about today, is all in upheaval, uh, uh, Mozambique. Oh, a bunch of people just got their heads lopped off. Jesus Christ. In Mozambique, and I always thought this country was just like really cool and chill. And I got a crazy documentary for you. My wife, uh, as we're leaving on this note here, uh, she, was, she was telling me about this one about Romania, about this fire, this nightclub there. Right? This is where it starts off as they're talking about like this band playing, and then there's this fire in a nightclub, and then they, you know, injured a bunch of people, killed a bunch of people, and then. The next part of the talk about good journalism here, and the guys doing this story weren't even like professional journalists. They were like on a magazine, or they they were just like do, some some kind of side journalism guys. You know what I mean? And like I don't even think they did it for a living or anything. And then they started digging into this shit because the people that went to the hospital all started fucking dying of like gangrene and all like bacterial things and stuff. And it turns into this huge crazy conspiracy of like how the hospitals in Romania only have like a fraction of the disinfectants and like all of these things because somebody's diluting the shit out of all. It's just this fucking wild, like rabbit hole, man. This whole documentary is, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah. The whole world's nuts. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mars is looking better all the time. It really is. <laughs> all right, man. Well, cool. Take care, guys. It's great yeah, seeing we'll you again. Man. I'd love yeah. to do it again. Yeah, definitely, right. man. We'll, we'll definitely uh, have you back. We'll reach out to you soon, dude. Sounds good. Thanks a so lot. Take care, guys. <laughs> We can't have you comfortable. That, that's Archer. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> okay, there we go. What a pain in the ass. Huh? This, this can all have to be edited out, right? <laughs>